With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of Blog Talk Radio, the Middleman Talk Show, and I am your host, Kevin. And I'm Alan. Yeah, we got a little slippage over here, boy. Wake up, man! Man. You did not put in what was supposed to put in correctly. Ah, I see, I see, but it's all good though, (laughs) man. It's all great. It's all great. I'm happy to be here again, once again. Hey, if y'all missed our show this past Thursday. We did the uh, countdown with uh, Riding Dirty Radio, you know what I'm saying, a Dirty Dozen, number 12. Make sure you go back to Blog Talk Radio and download that episode, number 25. Great independent and also uh, major artists on there. So if you like to listen to hip-hop and little R&B, we got it for you on Thursday. Okay. But Talk of the Town, we'll be back also because we got some things to talk about. Yeah, we do. A lot. Yeah, man. Especially today, man. Uh, we're going to get right into it, people. Um, the biggest game. Police brutality and corruption part two. Now, right. um, Al, you remember a while ago, about a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, well, some months ago, we've done a show called Police Brutality and Corruption Part One. So we want to make sure you guys go back and download that show and check out what we're talking about. Our archives is very deep. Um, you can actually load up your iPod or your phones or whatever the case may be. And listen to all the shows that we have for you guys. So we want to make sure that you can enjoy what we put out there and what we've already done. And tell a friend to tell a friend about this show, The Middleman Talk Show. Most definitely. Most definitely. We have a great show planned today. And um, it's just a lot been going on in the news. 
um, dealing with police brutality, and it's just be fitting for us to uh, definitely talk about this today because we really need to continue to talk about this and continue to talk about this. So with the recent death of the 43-year-old Eric Garner in Staten Island, New York, also the 17-year-old Michael Brown in St. Louis, there's also been 17, uh, 16 other deaths of blacks at the hand of police officers since the death of Trayvon Martin in 2012. So we want to really get into a great discussion about, you know, the police in general. We want to know, has police brutality and corruption gone silent to the major, uh, to, the, to the majority of the public ear and eye? What is the media's true job in publicizing those events, and have they done a proper job, you know, doing it? Uh. Has selective prosecution become the norm? That's a great question right there. Since, since 9-11, has the police training camps and programs been tailored to treat all citizens as hostile? Or has the demonizing of people of color made them an easier target to protect and serve? Or are we protecting the service something, you know, that they want to, you know, or, or who they serve it? That's the question. You know, we want to know if that's the true model. You know, yeah. are you here to serve and protect, or are you protecting who's paying you? Exactly. Uh, should police officers or co- of color stand up against the brutality of the people that look just like them? As a citizen, do you trust and feel safe with the law enforcement unit in your own community? And do communities of color need to form their own defense lines to defend and retaliate against intruders and hired guns? And have you been a victim of police brutality or racial or racial profiling? We definitely want to hear from you guys if you have experienced that. Uh, we definitely want to hear your concerns and arguments and solutions. We want solutions. We want solutions today. We need solutions. So, um, yeah, yeah. These these last past couple of months, man. And I mean, really, like, you know, to everyone, you know, listening, Kevin and I, you know, we talk a lot about you know shows in which we're going to do, you know, for the upcoming uh-huh. month. And this particular show, I'll explain it to Kevin today. If you look back on the events when nine eleven happened. To me, it appeared that the way the police go about doing things is different. It's a lot more stern, strict, racial profile type setup. And I correlated with him today of how the police was trained back in the 50s and 60s during the Civil Rights Movement. And mm-hmm. also how increased that when the Black Panther, you know, movement came around, how they increased their way of you know, doing certain things. And, you know, it kind of resembles. It kind of resembles. And so... Speaking of that, Al, I mean, if if you want, man, we can actually... We have an interview that we can do a contrast and comparison uh, from Huey, man, back in the day, in in the 50s. And it's Mm -hmm. it's shocking to hear some of the things that he... His concerns and the concerns of that particular time. And we have those same issues today. Yep, 60 years ago. How do we have the same issues today? So we're going to play this short clip right here. Do not, you know, do not hang up. Or if you guys listen online, make sure you got your speakers up loud. If you would like to make a comment, our phone lines are open. The number to dial is 718-508-9972, and that's 718-508-9972. 
And the discussion right. is the biggest game, the police brutality and corruption. So we're going to be talking about that. So this is a quick clip of an interview from Huey P. Newton, the former Black Panther. Black, ain't former. The Black Panther, the yes. part of the organization, <laughs> live from jail. Check this one out, y'all. In America, uh, black people are uh, treated very much as uh, the Vietnamese people or any other colonized people because we're used, we're brutalized. The police in our community occupy uh, our uh, area, our community as a foreign troop occupies territory. And the police are there not to, uh, in our community, not to uh, promote our welfare or uh, for our security and our safety, but they're there to contain us. Uh, to uh, brutalize us and murder us uh, because they have their orders uh, to do so. And um, just as the soldiers in Vietnam have their orders to uh, destroy the Vietnamese people, uh, the, the uh, police in our community couldn't possibly be there uh, to uh, protect our property because we own no property. Uh, they uh, couldn't possibly be there to see that uh, we receive the due process of law for the simple reason that uh, the police themselves deny us the due process of law. And so it's very apparent that the police are only in our community, uh, not for our security, but the security of the uh, business owners in the community, and also to see that uh, the status quo is kept intact. When we first started, we had a police alert patrol, and uh, we would uh, patrol the community. We, if we saw the police uh, brutalize anyone, we would put an end to this. Usually the police wouldn't brutalize anyone if we were on hand because we were armed, and uh, if the police arrested the individual, we would follow him to the jail and bail the individual out. Uh, whether he was a panther or not, and we gain many recruits like this. So, therefore, the community started to uh, to uh, to say that well, these people are really concerned about our welfare. Uh, we feel that the white students should uh, uh, relate and pay more attention uh, to the colonized situation here of the blacks uh, first, because after all, this is home. And uh, they should. Uh, this is not to say that they shouldn't uh, uh, denounce uh, America's treacherous actions abroad. I think they can be done uh, uh, at the uh, same time. That uh, it's just a matter of uh, placing emphasis upon uh, the uh, criminal activities of America uh, here uh, in the. Yeah, homeland. That was Huey P. Newton, Black Panther, back in the 50s. Some of the same concerns, some of the same things he talked about are some of the things that we are still concerned about today. Yep. Uh, one thing yep. that I would like to point out, Alan, is that they didn't have the means to spread the information as we do now. We have social right. media, we have cell phones, cameras with them, uh, you have uh, text messaging. I mean, you have all these ways of just, you know, transferring the information from person to person. Right. Now, with that being said, this is one of the questions that we posed in today's com in today's conversation. Has police brutality and corruption gone silent to the majority public ears and eyes? And the reason why we ask that it, it alludes back to us having social media and all these other elements to get our information across. But right. when you look at the, the 7 o'clock news or 10 o'clock news, mm -hmm. 11 o'clock news, or whatever the case may be, right. unless it's a major event, mm -hmm. you don't see these incidents not on reported. television. Why that's is right. that? Not reported. It's not reported. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, the, you know the saying that they say, like, what, what we see in movies is something that they try to tell us. And so I feel like, you know, how movies have, you know, hired people that tell certain people not to put stuff out there. Right. To cover it up. That's what's happening. We know that's what's happening. 
Because so, so you saying the media can, is a part of the problem, a part of the, the the you know? I mean they, I mean they are paid to put what they are paid to put on TV for us to see. It's like it's no other way around it. Because how can this man, Eric Garner in Staten Island, how come this was not public news? The only way it became public is because it went viral. Yeah, it wasn't on TV until later. That's After true, he's and they, you know, playing a funeral arrangement. That's true. I would say that you know a lot. I know a lot of our people may have it construed. A lot of times when we get these stories, they they've already had it. Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin story, uh, uh, Michael yep. Brown story, Eric Garner story, um, Oscar Oscar Grant story. A lot of these mm-hmm. things happen before we even get. It's not instantaneous. Now, yes, being nope. it on on the um you know on the phones and the social media, it can be spread faster that way. But it's not taking like wildfire it that takes, it would yeah. if the if the media would take 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 hold of those stories. Right. 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 You know, and I also look at it like this too. You know, people always say stop throwing the race card. We got to. I'm sorry. That's my big joke and I'm gonna always call it a race card. You know, if Eric Garner was um white and a black male police officer was choking him out. Face would have been planted all on TV, CNN, oh, yeah. headline news, you know, the next day. Probably, probably that that night, really. That's very true. Really? That's very true. You know? So so with that being said, what is the media's true job in publicizing these events, and have they done their job properly? And the phone lines are open. If you would like to make a comment, dial 718-508-9972. Uh, uh, and press the number one, and we'll bring you into the conversation. Now, what is their prop? I mean, what is the proper way that they can get this information out there? Are they doing it properly? I mean, well, we all know that they're not. Now, at one point, I, you know, I kind of felt like CNN was doing their job, but CNN ain't doing their job. CNN is only reporting what they want us to see. Right. You know, the people that were actually out there doing the legwork and, and presenting what we needed to see, guess what? They don't work at CNN no more. <laughs> they got fired. That is a true statement. Same thing with the people at Headline News. All the women that you see that are commentators on Headline News or what? They're white or you got a black lady that look like she white with long hair looking like a white woman. But Al, if they, they give us so news. many stories, they give us so so much information over an hour period of time. Would you say they're not doing their job, or are they doing their jobs? I mean, are, you don't see as much as the Latino community publicized in the, in the news or whatever the case may be, right. or or any other ethnic race. So if we, I mean, because you know, a lot of times, man, some people can gripe and say that all black people are sensitive, and you know, we every time something happens, we have to bow down to y'all, but. Is that is that a proper fair analysis of these situations? Because we 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 are demanding the coverage that we need to have for these mm-hmm. situations. I mean, we need to demand that, and we need to demand more positivity too. You know, I read I I had to find out about this 19 year old who's possibly going to find a cure for colon cancer, and he's a black male through Facebook. That's the only way I saw that. Why is that not on TV? Hmm. Why does he not have a cover story? Why is he not on Open Winfrey show? You know, why is he, you know, not being, you know, publicized? He's not. Hmm. Well, He's not. 
let, let's get a little bit deeper into this conversation, man. And, and then this is the one of the things that I definitely want to talk about, and it's the selective um, mm-hmm. prosecution. Because, and for those that may not know what selective yep. prosecution is, um, let's say, let's give an example. If, if something happens in one part of town and it happens mm-hmm. to be two Caucasian individuals, they may yep. get the opportunity to go home. The same event can happen in a minority or a people of color community. Both of the both of them are you know, minor incidents or whatever the case may be, a lot of times that black individual is going to jail. Yep, gonna get yep. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because you're black. You think it's that simple? Because you're black. It's, it's, it's always that, man. People people can't say that race racism doesn't exist. Stop throwing the race card. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Seeing all of this of what we see, and I mean, even with us being harmful towards each other. I mean, come on, man. Chicago had 60 deaths, man, in July, over the 4th of July weekend. Right. Come on, man. But are we playing into the selective prosecution of our own because like you said Chicago got all these deaths yeah. and every time they see a black male is it is it wrong for that because I mean I purposely send this this request for this show out to a lot of my friends some of them are police officers some of them deal with the police some of mm-hmm. them are, you know are police so I'm not going to I'm not going to hold my punches when I talk about y'all today I'm just going to keep it real because I'm tired of it too but, I'm going to tell you like this I'm going to tell you like this when I visited Chicago last month and I was actually talking to the people that lived in Chicago, the police have an, an order saying that they do not go out on specific calls unless it's life-threatening or somebody has already got, you know, shot or died. Wow. Everything else they do not go out on. So if you have an intruder in your house, they may not come. They may wow. not come. But would you would you put that into the standpoint of our people, the way we're portrayed, you know, how we villainize in the media, it, uh, it, and actually look, some of our actions, the actions of some of our people in general? I mean, yeah, of course. So what 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 if we if it's selective prosecution, you know, like a young man went to jail and got life and 127 years for his first offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can we get past that? I mean. To me, our good friend uh, Raheem Shabazz, man, he had the the, uh, the documentary, man, Elementary Genocide. Yeah. And he was showing okay. how the, the prison, well, the school-to-prison pipeline was, you know, designed for our kids to basically leave elementary to go straight to prison. And they're cultivating right. that, 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 that type of thought process for our kids mm-hmm. in that environment. Yep. So yep. If, if you got these judges, you got the cops out there, first line of defense, the cops, right? Yep. They go Supposed out there, they see Ray Ray out there. He he might be on the corner, but all be known to them, Ray Ray out on the corner just chilling, listening to music because he can't go home because mom and dad are probably fighting or, you know, he ain't got nothing to eat at home. He's trying to chill outside and just clear his mind. But Ray Ray on that corner, he looks suspicious. So the cops come up to him, talk to him, and the conversation gets heated. Why are you, you know, talking to me? But all of a sudden, Ray Ray gets a little aggressive, the cop feel like, oh, well, he's threatening me, and then boom, Ray Ray's in jail. Go to the judge, the judge, boom, in jail. I mean, what what, 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 what can we do to stop this type of environment for our people? Typical scenario. Typical scenario. For one, I mean, you got people, I mean, you can can become a cop, you know, with a high school diploma, right? Right. You 
you know, you don't have to, you know, go to college and learn sociology and psychology and understand people to be a cop. You know, right. you don't have to learn how to utilize, you know, your own psychological judgment to say whether or not this person appears to be a threat to somebody else. Right. You coming out of college. So you and I believe this is also true too. You have some people that are police officers who were, you know, particularly abused or bullied and they take out their frustration. You know, why? Or you have some people who come up in households where they saw, you know, their mom or dad or uncles being very vulgar towards other people right. who they were beneath them, and so they target them. Oh, my mindset going to be like that. You so, know? I mean, wouldn't that be somewhat the, the makeup, the, the psychological makeup of a person that would join a gang? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's your that's your specialty, my brother, but wouldn't I mean, that be the psychological I mean, makeup of a person that would join a gang? I mean, let, I mean, if you define a gang, right? Yeah. Of course, when when people think of a gang, it's more of a negative connotation of people, right? Right. But you have, I mean, there's a whole bunch of positive gangs out there. Okay. You know, you got explain you got that. Scooby-Doo. Explain that to our listeners I, I, and to me also, sir. <laughs> okay. I'm in a fraternity, right? Right. We do a lot of positive things in the community. If right. a person who have never seen my fraternity ever in life, we walk up with all our shirts on the same color with the same design on it. They may think we're a gang, right? Right. But they don't know the positivity that we do. But, but they but may call us a gang because of the color and what the media points out at us as far as, you know, you see people with the same colors on, same letters, whatever, throwing up, throwing up a particular hand gesture. But you know The the, the natural thought process When it comes to a gang is A crip A blood I mean just just the colors The red and blue colors That's what they put in front of you I understand but you know The the perception that people have of gangs Is what they see on TV They wouldn't see your organization and think Oh man them gang members Y'all look too clean cut brother I mean but, but hey you got you got gang members that are very 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 clean cut, dress well. Biggest <laughs> drug dealers in America, most definitely. And Biggest so, gang in the city. Exactly. Hey man, we got a phone. We got a caller right here. We're gonna go ahead and bring in this caller. Caller, you are live with the middleman. What's up? Greetings. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How yes. you doing today, brother? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I haven't heard your voice in a long time. This is Brother Elias. Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Yeah, we, we um, took a little break, and uh, we had to recharge <laughs> the batteries, and we're back now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, you have a beautiful um, subject. Um, you know me, brother. I, I, I've been observing stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I did a little, I did a little video because, you know, I do a little greenhouse contemplation just to have conversation. And one thing I went back to, I went back to some of the teachings. Now, we know Marcus Garvey is a beautiful individual, noble drawly and all the rest. But it's very apparent. It's something that's unique about the teachings of Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about Marcus Garvey and all other organizations, they really don't have as powerful students. You know, um, so it's something that's unique. And the students of his particular teaching, when they debate anybody, is this somehow 
they tend to crush them and, you know, put them in their place. So it's something that's there. Right. Now, I read part of one of his books. It goes back to the flag of America. I talk about the tribe of Shabazz because you spoke about a brother mm-hmm. among Shabazz. And, you know, Shabazz was a rebellious one. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with rebelliousness, it goes back a very long time period. And it's known from that particular teaching because, again, these come from people that have a lot of positive work like Malcolm X and, you know, Farrakhan right. and Mars. So, again, it's something about these teachings. So when they talked about rebelliousness, it's something that's been consistent with black people in general. Right. So when we look at that concept of rebellions, we're looking at somebody that don't agree with what is presented in the present world. They want to try something like the, the um, Shabazz brother. He will take his family down to East Asia in the jungles and try to hard them up. Right. Now we are hard. We're hard as H-E-L-L now. <laughs> so it's the results of that. But at the same time, we have so many beautiful individuals that are saying, hey, please, let's come together. Please, let's do something. So when you have your ancestors watching our behavior, because I, I, I apologize for those who don't believe in your ancestors. I'm sorry, but I believe our ancestors are watching us. And that's why we're, that's where religion comes from. It's not from a mysterious God, but Bible, Torah, Quran, all the um, writings are just our ancestors and their observation of nature. Right. And the laws, laws and effects of nature. So our ancestors are watching us. And I saw this picture on Facebook of this young 12-year-old boy who had like 14, 15 pair of Jordans on a table or something, and he had his bed on the floor. Now, we do have certain situations when we, when we have cops at our role, but again, we are not eating the proper foods. We're not in the proper environment. They say right. the first five months of a woman's pregnancy determine the characteristics of the child. So if you've got women who are having emotional and, 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 and physical conflict while the child is being born, now, you got two people that's hurt. You got the officer who probably didn't want to go to work. He probably sick with a cold. He probably right. fought with the family. And then you got somebody that they, 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 they just come into this world, 15, early 20s. They got so many ideas. They just came from the essence from heaven. But they was born in a physical body that have limitations. Right. So you got two, those two forces. You know what I'm saying? So when you have somebody who has so much potential, they promised God in the essence so much what they're going to do, but they was born in an environment that just gave them this minor limit because they can go to a library. Right. They can do certain things. They're going to create this environment, and that's what's going on today. Our brothers and sisters who are being born, who was born in the 80s and 90s, they are destined to change the reality. And we know after confusion and conflict come peace. Now, we... You know, may want to talk and things like that. So I just think that a lot of things that's playing this, and we know for a fact that as a people, we can do a little better. I mean, you know, I'm I'm 41 years old now, man. You know, I've been in the game for a long time. Not just somebody talking before YouTube and Video Messiahs, but back in the day, we had to be on the street. You know what I'm saying? And I'm up here in my 40s looking at the same, uh, the little worse behavior. So me personally, you know, I don't even think large cities exist anymore. Excuse my language. I think large cities don't suffer purpose but destruction. You know, so I'm going to want to keep talking. But if y'all let me come in and out, I'll come in and out. Yeah, we we can do that, man. We can do that. Now, primarily, um, we're going to, you know, go into the conversation from the standpoint of, you know, what, what? like Al, Al brought a point up to me, and I, I agree with some of the things you're saying as far as when it's dealing with 
dealing with, with the mentality of these people that are police and how they think and the process of how they come about to think that the way that they are. And I think right. a part of it is also from the training. Um, we did pose a question of, of, of as, as far since 9-11, the police training camps and the programs have been tailored to treat all citizens as hostiles. And from what you were saying, if, if someone comes in with a certain mind state or a certain thought process and looking at everybody outwardly as an enemy, they will treat everybody, especially if you're trained in that standpoint, of everybody like it's I mean, against the it. world. I mean, look at it. Look at it, G. When, you know, 9-11 happened, everybody was afraid to get on planes to sit beside a person who had on a turban, right? Yep. You're trained to look at that now. You're trained to recognize that. Before then, when, you know, um, after the looting, after, you know, when um, Rodney King got, you know, jumped by police, white people were doing what? Trained to hide their purses and Hmm. wallets, right? Right. It's it's put in front of them. Right. It's there. It's there. The the training is there. I mean, it's, 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 it's training them from home and even at work. Right. Profiling. Right. Profile. If you're sagging, you, you, you're doing something you ain't supposed to be doing. But, Profile. You know, I saw a documentary, and uh, Elias, if you want to get back in the conversation, uh, press that number one on your phone, man, so we can take you out the queue. Then if you want to get back in, we'll bring you back in. Uh, if all our callers, hey, appreciate everybody on Facebook that's basically listening to the show right now. Uh, if you want to make a comment, this number to dial is uh, 718-508-9972. And uh, press number one, we'll bring it to the conversation. But um, I saw a documentary a while ago, man, where they were training uh, people from the U.N. and from France mm-hmm. over in California uh, yeah. to handle urban issues. Right. You know, they were doing tactical training. And, right. and you, if you look at the standpoint of what that, because, you know, by, by the Constitution, if I'm not mistaken, somebody can correct me, you cannot have the United States military march on United States soil unless it's, the uh, what's the other one? The reserves or the uh, those type people. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if we're bringing people in over here and we're training with these people, and how if you look overseas, how the how the police basically treat their own citizens of their country, and our and our police force are learning these same tactics. Exactly. And we're, we're we're basically going to be in a combative type situation before long. And, and in our communities, we are getting accosted by these particular individuals. It's, it's getting worse, man. And, and because I'm, we do, as we alluded to social media, because we do mm-hmm. have this information, yeah. I mean, we, we're more aware of it now. Pretty much, man. They're training these folks to be zookeepers. And we the animals. They're trying to keep us in a cage. And if you have somebody who's trying to go against that norm, guess what? They're either going to shock you or they're going to put you down. Right? right. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. You know, so with this particular incident of the 17-year-old guy who was shoplifting, um, came out the store, whatever, I guess, and you killed him? Uh. Come on, now. You killed him. What, what, is a, then, what, is, what is a black life really worth? What is a life really worth? True that. Touché. I saw this post. I mean, it, it was a post of... Uh, the 17-year-old Michael Brown, and then there was a guy in Germany, and it was a police officer bagging back, and um, the police officer shot the guy in the legs. Wow. But you kill Michael Brown. 
But but the blue shield, man, the blue shield, what they have, the blue shield, the protection, those that know what I'm talking about, the protection that they have amongst themselves, is that a sign of corruption? You know, because if if you and I are part of the same fraternity and and, and, and I need your protection or I need your help, you're going to do that, right? Because of the bond that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Should mm-hmm. we blame the police officer for having the same type of of mentality when it comes to protecting one another against harm. I don't think... Uh, now, you do have some great cops out there, really great cops. But in situations in which we see here, um, especially with, you know, Eric Garner, you know, Michael Sam, Oscar Grant, all, all of those people, Trayvon Martin, you know, um, are those people or were those people causing harm? Were those people in threat to somebody else's life? No. 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 So, it, 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 I mean, you're bringing in more of a tactical, physical force versus a tactical, nonviolent, addressing you to see what's going on, probing type situation. Yeah. I mean, what what do you expect as a citizen, man? What what do you expect as a citizen when it comes to um, officers dealing with us in our community? Because I mean, in the black community, you know, as I know, we don't trust, mm-hmm. them. we don't like dealing with them. I mean, yeah. is it is it a part of us being demonized so much that we are that much and easy of a target? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the whole study of driving while black. It's true, man. I did I did my research project on that in college and research methods. I got an A because every every argument that I put in my paper made sense to my professor. So it is true. It is true. I mean, the stats are there. Well, white cop pulling over a black person, higher percentage than a white cop pulling over a white guy. Come right. on, it's there. I know one exactly. thing, man. I, I know that we will, and, and uh, shouts out to my man, Dobelly Stray, man. We had a very interesting conversation over on Facebook before the show uh, yeah. in regards to our community. And like he was saying, man, we we definitely have to do better or we, we definitely going to perish. Um, we, you know, as far as when it comes to the imagery, uh, when it comes to the thought process, man. And we, we're all, I mean, all of us that are on Facebook, we do, you know, it, that, well, basically we take on a lot of information some good, yeah. some bad. And and it right. seems like a lot of times when we see that information, man, it's, it's of our children acting a fool mm-hmm. from fights to, to, to just ratchetness. I even hate using that word, but you know what I mean? How how can we change <sighs> that type of well, imagery on us? Well, it started with those, those first couple of years of a, you know, kid coming into learning – into understanding love and trust and the feeling of being warm from his fellow fa- uh, family members. Also, when they get into those adolescent teen years, understanding and knowing how to choose the right crowd that right. you're associated with. Right. You know, also with better and proper planning with parenting, you know, that will definitely help change some of that. Right. But some of the, you know, some of the people that we have now, you know, that are in like their, you know, late teens, early twenties and stuff like that, 
um, it's going to take more of just doing what we're doing now to help them because they're already set in their ways. You know, they've already developed, you know, what they what they feel and believe is true and correct. Like I was talking to someone today. Um, um, Soldier Boy's manager was in a um, barbershop, and the phone lines are open. You may dial 718-508-9972, press the number one, and you can get in. But Soldier Boy's manager was sitting in a barbershop, and he was actually saying something about all these great things that Soldier Boy was about to do for the community. Mm -hmm. And so this one 17-year-old, 16, 17-year-old guy who is a big fan of Chief Keith. Right. Was like he started cussing this dude out. Some of them, we don't like Soldier Boy. I'm I'm GBE three hundred, and if I ever see you around here, you dead and gone, man. Wow. And literally take the sixteen, seventeen year old dude out the barbershop, let Money Mike get in his car and drive off because of what this guy said. Yes, the mentality of those older teenagers are highly influenced by what they like. So you know, when you have when you have that type of thought process and you have an officer that has to deal with it, because, I mean, let, let's not de- dehumanize um, the police officers. I mean, yeah, you got some out there, man, ain't hitting on nothing. Let's keep it real. But you got some, man, that, that want to go home to their families. They want to go home to their lives and everything mm-hmm. like that. When you're dealing with someone that, that because of a rap song, right? you know what I'm saying, they want to take your life over a rap song or a rap artist or someone like that or take your life over because of your color or whatever the case yeah. may be, or what you have. Do they have, I mean, do, do that do that set that type of mentality for them to, to, to handle people in the way that they do? I mean... I mean, if we're going to get you to it, let's get to it, man, because, I mean, dude, I mean, you got you got to look at it from two standpoints. You got, you yeah, got the people yeah, that's being brutalized and, and demonized right. and all that. You got the ones that got to protect you, and then you got those that, like, man, I don't care what you do. I'm going to bust your head regardless. We know some Look, cops like that. I'm going to tell you like this. If I'm calm and you're talking at me aggressively, but I'm calm, that's two different parallels. Now, if you're coming at me calm and I'm talking to you aggressively, continue to understand, all right, listen listen, and hear, hear this person out before you become aggressive. Because technically, you got a gun on your holster, right? Right. If I do anything to you, I'm going to jail. You ain't. Well, I will tell you this. There are some cops that will bait your butt into that. Right. You feel me? That's their job. They want to get you so riled up that Mm -hmm. once they see you, they're like, hmm, I can probably manipulate this little cat right here and say a couple things to push him over that limit. And And the minute you step past that one little thing that – that he can say, you did. You getting locked up. You know and that's what? how you see a lot of these incidents happen. It's just like in Eric Garner's case. He was like, yep. I didn't sell nothing. They talking about him selling cigarettes on the corner. Yeah. You feel you what I'm saying? What? Then all of a sudden, well, we, we, we got to do X, Y, and Z. Well, you need to do this. And you didn't comply. Okay, we going to arrest you. I, man, leave me alone. I ain't doing it. I just want to go home. So you let know what? I have a solution. I have a solution for that. I have a solution for all of it. This is just my idea. And I'm pretty sure some, some police off, uh, um, departments may have already been doing this. I don't know. My solution is, and yes, the government has the money. All right? right. Hire psychologists to come in and interview 
potential candidates that want to be a police officer. They right. go through a psychological testing to ensure that they don't have that mindset of, you know, racially profiling and all of that type of stuff. You can hide that, though, man. No. I mean, uh, under under specific psychological assessments, if you answer, like, you can ask a certain question five different ways to get the answer that you want. There, there are particular tests that can be made to do that. So I can't hide I my, like, my I can't hide my prejudices. I can't no. hide my 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 nope. fears and my angers. Nope. Because there's always a question that that will get you to give me the response that I want you to have. Well, the phone lines are open. If you guys would like to get in the conversation, I know I have some friends out there that are police officers. I want to hear your thought process behind it. You don't have to say your name. I'll just bring you in, and you can just tell me what mm-hmm. you think about the situation. Uh, we do have another caller that would like to get in the conversation. Caller 8625, you are live with the middleman. What is your thoughts? Hello? Hey, you're live with the middleman. All right. Thank you, man. It's, just, it's crazy, you know, how it's going around nowadays. Officers killing these young kids with no problem and letting them be done about it. Right. All right. It's, 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 it's something needs to be done. It's been well, what, going on for 20 years. Hello? What, what do you think yeah. we can do to, to help this situation out? Well, I think what they need to do is they need to evaluate the police uh, before they hire. What I think, that's, 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 that's exactly what I just said. If you hire a psychologist, because they that's got what the money, that's exactly what you need to do. Because you can't have a corrupt police chief interviewing his good old boys to come in right. and do the same job he's doing. It ain't going to work. Right. Man. It's not going to work. You're right. Hey, uh, and, and my good friend Devontae Burke said that most police officers do do uh, psych, psych uh, evaluations. So they do okay. do the psych evaluation. If they do the psych evaluations and they're getting through and becoming police officers, why do we have so much of a problem with a lot of these? I don't, I don't, think, I don't, think, I don't think all of them are. I don't think, I don't think all of them are because... You have, um, and, you know, I support the troops, whatever, um, but you have some troops that come in and they come back, you know, and they put on a good show and they still have some developed psychological issues from what they've seen and then now they police officers. We yeah. don't need that. Sorry. Uh, uh, Carla, what's your name? This is, this is uh, Ken. Ken, what's up, uh, Ken? Uh, do you have well, any other comments or anything you would like to add into the conversation, sir? Like I say, it, it, it shouldn't be hard to, uh, to find out, you know, the, 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 the uh, personality people, what I'm saying. Got yeah, it. I mean, Most it's, 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 it doesn't make no sense, man. Like, my brother, uh, he let me look at it on the internet. It's been going on for lots of years, man. It's just not getting up. Right. right. A lot of boys, young boys coming up missing and, and po- behind the police, so. Oh, it's yeah. just a problem. Most definitely. It's a problem. Ken, man, we appreciate you for your comments. If you would like to get back in, you can just press the number one to take yourself out and press number one to bring yourself back in, okay? Most definitely. All right. Thank you. All right. We All do right. have another caller that would like to get in the conversation. Uh, caller 8330, you are live with the middleman. What's your comment? Hey, how you doing? This is Q from Atlanta. Hey, what's um, up, Q? Everything's great, man. I, I just want to put some diamonds on the table and see if they listen. Most um, Here's something real unfortunate. What did Chris Darden teach us? Yeah, definite. 
I mean, so, you can't trust any of them. I mean, what Chris went, what Chris Darvin was doing, he expo- he was. I, I know that brother was going to expose a whole lot of stuff, but they killed him before he got the opportunity. And yep. this is why I say we need a James Brown, a a black political figure that can reach out to Chris Darden in that moment and say, "Hey, hey, bro, turn yourself in. I'm gonna take care of you for the rest of your life. I need to. I need the rights to your story. I'm gonna make sure you're straight. See, we don't have that no more. Right? Because the little Waynes of the world only right. care about kissing other men and getting their next million dollar pad so they can prove some more cheap tricks. The problem, gentlemen, with the police force is, and here's the elephant in the room, and for those of you who really applaud police officers, let me ask you the big, 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 big question. Why are there some new recruits scared of their fellow officers? Mm. 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 If If it's really so good, why are some of the fellow, the, the new recruits, asking questions like, why do we do this? And why do we do that? Right. That's exactly right. So it, it has nothing to do with the mentality, gentlemen. Right. These are human beings. Right. Who have been given autonomy. Let's put that word on the table. Autonomy mm-hmm. to hurt. Yeah. Okay. Free, free reign. Let's talk about people who are not white. Because let's be fair to the white folks. There's... There, there are many times more good white officers than there are good black officers. True. There's a lot of black officers who got beat up in school or whatever, and they want to take it out on somebody. But let yeah. me just assume that's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. Why do you see officers high-fiving each other when they make arrests? Make an arrest, yeah. My Q, uh, just, just to piggyback off what you were saying, um, I was at a restaurant one night, late at night, and I just happened to be sitting in the booth next to some officers and their female uh, friends. And I was just overheard them talking about, you know, their daily job, whatever the case may be, and that's the reason why I found out they were officers. But in the conversation, one of them was like, yeah, man, I got me one. He was like, you got you one? Like, yeah, I got me one, man, put him down. Basically mm-hmm. killed the young man. And they were happy about that. Now, I don't know if that's – I can't say that's all cops, but – to have that type of thought process, to be happy that you took somebody, to feel a part of the situation, it hence the name that we call this particular show, The Biggest Gang. It's like gang members almost. Yes, it is. Well, yes. well in it's California, like that's what we call them. We've been calling them that since the early 80s. They're, right. they're a gang with, with, with blue colors on. Yeah. And, and if you notice in, in a movie like Colors, the real mm-hmm. cops who are just doing their job, Gangs got respect for. Hey, hey, man, hey, that's that's old school, man. He cool, but somebody like Pac Man, you see, he a scary cat. Yeah, right. You see, he's saying and doing. So, 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 let me ask you a couple of other. Well, let me put a couple of other questions. Cause see, the unfortunate thing when y'all put stories like this to the forefront and ask us the public to come in, we can't mm-hmm. articulate nothing. We talk from a point of assumption. Let right. me say it again. We talk from assumption, just like the book said. Well, they should do psych tests. They do do psych tests. Mm-hmm. And some of their psych tests is for that killer mentality. So let me put something on the table. Let's not blame them. I don't blame officers. I blame the city council. The city mm-hmm. council puts these officers under pressure to bring in tickets, to bring in cases, to bring in. People will say, well, we don't have quotas. You don't, but you got to justify your job yes, you as do. to why you've been out on the road for the past two weeks and ain't no cases came. You get paid. Yep. They so just did that you, in Fulton County, exactly. 
Right. So now you creating cases. Now you inventing cases. I'm out here in Atlanta too, and I'm from Oakland, California, fellas. You know, right. you, you you know my city's reputation. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Man. that's the home okay. of the birthplace of the rebels. Atlanta is not near of what your weakest city in California is. Right. But but I do understand there's some violence, robberies, and what have you. But these folks ain't out here shooting at the cops and blah blah blah. But why does Atlanta have all this overabundance of police activity? Every city, Brookhaven want to have a police force. What goes yep. on in Brookhaven? It's, it's, it's a monetary means for the for the city to make money. That's all yep. it is. Look at you Sandy Springs, brother. Are you familiar with Pine Lake? Oh yeah, synonymous. Oh, look, top I, ten I, speed traps in America. Look, check this out. Remember when Pine Lake died and all the good black people got together to kill it? Yep. I want you to think back. Recorders Court was not big at all, was it? Nope. Not until Vernon got in there, a black brother. <laughs> and he quadrupled the attendance of Pine Lake. Quadrupled. Mm, you know, money. So, so, so that's the thing we're really dealing with, gentlemen. We're not dealing right. with the mentality. So I respect people when they call in and say X, Y, Z. We have given up our right. And I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna prove it by by showing you a timeline. I know other people got to speak. Okay. Remember when we voted for mandate auto insurance? Right. Why did we do yeah. that? Does, does 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 him driving next to you really mm-hmm. impact your insurance? No your coverage is for you. Right. Exactly. So whether he has any coverage or not is is something between him and your insurance company. Need to sue him to death. Right. But. When we gave up rights because we wanted to stick it to the other driver, what we didn't realize was we had a clause in there that allowed for officers to just randomly check your plate. Yep. Right. Listen to your history. So That's now crazy. we've created micro cities, especially here in Georgia, of people just driving around, not enforcing the law. They done took to help and serve off of their cars, and now they're just out to get your money. Ain't no more drugs, so I got to get the guy <laughs> trying to get to work. And, and it's funny that you said that, and that's one of the questions that we pose. Who, who are they really serving? And, and we just yep. we definitely were going to speak upon that because, it, it, like you said, you, you back, what, 20 years ago you saw to protect and serve. Now they're just serving the interests of big corporation, big city government. Right, and, and and as I bow out, remember, Mister, since you out here in Georgia, remember Mister Hill, the sheriff. Yeah, Victor Hill. As, as bad as they talked about him, he actually was doing his job. Yes, I hmm. agree Look. with you, and I definitely I support that brother because in Clayton County, the criminals like I can't deal with that dude. I don't want right. to be here, and it was cleaning it up, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's just, he, he's blah blah blah." But that man did a wonderful job for Clayton County. But, but where were the city cops on the road writing tickets? Yep. Generating that money. They wasn't in the hood. They wasn't parked on the on the trap. That's true. They, hmm. they was out there patrolling, looking for the next ticket to write. Same way when Club Nikki was in Atlanta, you had a, a big prostitute ring right across the corner. Right. Yep. Driving by <laughs> like they don't see nothing. Yep. <laughs> but but anyway, you got other hey, calls. Man, I, I just wanted to talk you. about this elephant, man. That that you know. Hey, hey man, we appreciate, we appreciate you, man. You're welcome to come back, man. Appreciate the first time caller to the show. Anytime you like to come back, you're more than welcome. All right. All right, brother.
I mean, Al, that, that is the elephant in the room. If anybody else would like to get in the conversation, uh, you can press number one or dial 718-508-9972. Al, I mean, he, revenue screens, Al, to protect hmm. and to serve. Who are they really serving, Al? I mean, we already know. And one other thing you said. brought up, man, and this, this, this is a perplexing type question right here. Mm-hmm. If you got an officer of color, and he sees the things that's going on in that particular precinct. Shouldn't he stand up for that? Shouldn't he stand up against that? that, that like, that's... like the brother just said, you have a lot of officers in there that are afraid of other officers. And if he's new, what I mean, like, what did he do? I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, he don't probably. I mean, if, if you ever watched the show, The Shield. And you recall at the beginning, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that didn't have to ha- have the opportunity to see it, but spoiler alert, it's about to go down. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the show, all the crooked cops were together. They had a rookie with on, on the uh, drug task force team. Right. He didn't want to go and do what they wanted to do, and they, they kind of peeked him out like he was a good cop. So what they did, they set him up and killed him. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say that can or can't happen in real life, but that could be the reason why some cops don't stand up and take up against the brutalities that they see and the corruption that they see. So if that's the case, does that lead to us having an overall corrupt system when it comes to police officers? Hmm. Will they ever not be corrupt? Will we ever have a task force that's for the people that are, that's really serving the people? Or will they continuously do the bidding of as our brother Q said, big government and other interests. Well, if somebody's coming down on you to justify your work day, what you gonna do? You gotta justify your work day. So, I mean, we can just stop the conversation right here and just say they corrupt all the way through. <laughs> I mean, is it easy to just say that and just let it be? I mean, you know, there are some good cops out there. There are some great cops out there, but there are some lousy, you know, poor judgment. Um, you know, I want to impress my boss to get a raise or to get some type of status at the department type of office out there. Right. There are. Wow. It's everywhere. It's in, it's in, it's in, it's in every job anyway. Everywhere. Most definitely. It's, it's, it's people in general. People in general. Now let's talk about our community, man. Our community. Um, mm-hmm. As as the brother Q was saying, you know, you see more roadblocks in our communities. Yeah. Uh, you see more, and, and it goes back to revenue. Um, they they can make a whole lot of money because even in our hometown of Columbus, you can see police officers do this tactic where they are set up one spot, yeah. and then next thing you know they're over here. And, and also with the event of social media, people are letting each other know where the police officers are. So they have these new rolling roadblocks and yep. cops. So if you put something on the social media, don't think that these cops are not looking and seeing that, okay, they said we over here. Let's go over here a couple of blocks right. up and get everybody. So yep. with that type of, 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 of I mean, because it's like another form of tax, taxation to me. If they're in your yep. neighborhood setting up, checking you, like he said, for the insurance, uh, your license, what, such and such, but I don't see them in, in – affluent neighborhoods, never seen them in an affluent neighborhood, just putting up a roadblock. But if they're in our neighborhood doing this, 
Do you feel safe? Hmm. That's not, I mean, just because you said a roadblock, you know, like, that's not going to make me feel safe. I mean, not just for the roadblock, man, because, I mean, if you get stopped and your taillight is out, and then they run your license, all of a sudden you had a warrant, a bench warrant, you ain't know nothing about, that of a ticket mm-hmm. you may have forgot to pay for, you're right. going to jail. Yeah. You ever seen hey, a roadblock on the road and somebody do a U-turn and say, you know, rip, 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 five cops go after him. Right. I don't feel safe with that. I don't think those roadblocks are helping me. As as, as the brother stated, go out down the highway. Go somewhere else and go mess with somebody. Get out of my neighborhood. Hmm. Just saying, hmm. man. It's a thought yeah. process. It happens. Yep, most definitely. You the know, phone lines are open. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. I would like to hear from some of you guys again. Um, I know we got our man Elias on the phone still. Um, if you got a comment, man, if you can press that number one, I don't know if he's on Skype or not, but if he is, just see if you can press that number one to take yourself out and put yourself back in if you have a comment. Uh, also the same for you, Q. Uh, press number one, that will take you out and uh, put you back in. I see our man do have I think a comment. Hold yeah. on one mm-hmm. second. I think so. Elias, what's going on, brother? Hey, nothing much, bro. I like to have a comment. But, okay. Uh, one thing we got to remember, things don't happen in a vacuum. One thing I always question, what happened to all those crack babies? Now, you know, because they're teenagers and they're pretty much grown now. Another thing I looked up is that if you check the records in the 30s and the 50s about vaccinations and the problems they call, yeah. right now, if you got the, let me see, I think 10 years ago, autism and children were like 1 in 50,000 or whatever. And now it's like yeah. 1 in 60. So, mm-hmm. The thing about it is just not just the individual cops. It's a systematic thing that's been pre-planned a long time ago. We just have short memory. Right. So if we don't pay attention, it's when you listen to surgeons and they tell you every time it's a full moon, there's an expectation of a lot of drama. So it's a real, it's a bigger problem that we're willing to look into. But since we have the internet, we don't have to go to universities. We can do some research and know that it's a, it's a spiritual thing as well. Not just the cop, because the cops are mentally crazy. The people are crazy. What I mean by crazy, individuals who truly don't really want to be responsible over their own lives. I guarantee, I guarantee you can go to the poorest Jewish neighborhood and you will not see the problem. So if individuals like black people having problems with cops, there is nothing wrong to consistently go to the city councilman because those are human beings too, right. and let's push the police officers to live in their neighborhoods. I agree. Now we've been talking about that since the late '80s. Police officers needed because in other communities it's like that. So you get to know JoJo, who was a crack baby and now he got a mental problem, even though he looked normal. He is destined not to react to certain pressure in a normal mm-hmm. sense. Because I heard y'all speak about how they did the brother Eric, how they intensified right. the situation. Just so again, there's nothing new in the sun, but every cause to have an effect. So if we don't respect the psychological, because remember, your body is a machine that can be controlled. Remember back in the early nineties, little girls was looking like grown women. Now everybody yeah. is obese. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, okay. this has been a gradual thing. Yeah. And they was looking at at eighties how rap, and then again, the crack babies, the crack generation. And you're looking at all these illnesses, newborns are coming into. So it's just not just police officers 
beating our children. The police officers, as y'all said, they are creating gangs and they are insane themselves. So, again, if individuals say, look, I know I watch sports, I drink and party, but let me go once a month to the city council meeting and have my children and myself meet the captain, meet the mayor, do probably once a month. You know I agree with you. Our co-host, um, our co-host, Jen, she stresses that a lot because if you don't know what's going on in your community, um, you're, you're blind. You're basically flying out. I mean, they can pass so many laws, so many ordinances, yeah. that you will not even know how to, to basically – adapt to that stuff because it changed constantly yeah, yeah. and they do put them in the paper and they do yeah. put like what they be and you know and again we just refuse i mean it's something that's very consistent and systematic but i know it's painful to see our children ourselves get hurt in the community it's painful but at the same time we gotta understand we are powerful beings, and being a powerful being we have a responsibility you know and our children are 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 their, their nutrition is bad. It's been bad for three or four generations. So they can't handle certain pressures. So you always in a fright, fight and fright condition from birth all the way to a teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got these video games. And, you know, it's just something that we, we just plan with a bomb. You know, That's everybody is like they don't it's like there is no real love no more. So, again, like my children, they don't know how it feels to be in a um a crib in another room. I mean, that's crazy. Right. You know, they slept with us. I think that plays a big part of everything, and the, the, the psychological aspect of it, and also the, just the being connected. To, I mean, because everything is connected, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at some of the, like like you said, the food and the air and, and the environment itself, it plays a definite part because I know vibrations. I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. But I'm just looking at how, how our society right now is setting themselves up to be in a police state to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's scariest to me. If mm-hmm. we continue to have a, a task force that, that can kick in the door and, and throw a grenade in and blow a baby face, if y'all ain't familiar, it's a case that happened out here in Georgia where a baby face got basically blown off by a flashbang grenade, these are the things that we have to be aware of. We have to, to definitely be vigilant, as you said, brother, read the newspaper, pay attention to what's going on, go down to your city council meeting, but we too busy knowing what's going on in love and hip-hop, or yep, all these other things that really don't matter. Mm-hmm. Entertainment yep. is fine, yep. but education mm-hmm. is supreme. And then check this out. And check this out. Brother Farrakhan said this back in the 80s when we was doing this. We remember brother was stepping on each other's shoes and having pull over the coats and stuff like right. that and fight. Uh-huh. He gave a lecture, and he was talking about when you have a brand-new baby and you don't breastfeed them and you give them a bottle, when they look at that bottle and fill that bottle, that's the first power to a child's mentality is where it's getting its nutrition from. Right. So when the baby holding that bottle and they in that quiet and cold crib in another room, when they grow up, they can easily kill you over a pair of shoes or kill you over a cell phone or kill you over just a mm. conversation because they were not trained to have that human affection. Because again, wow. you God makes it that we are inside the womb to let us know, look, this is serious to have that human connectivity. And then soon they are born, they put in another room and give it the dog a bottle. Right. And they get uh-huh. that nutrition from, and babies know the first lesson of who is God to them is parent, where the nutrition comes from. They can't <laughs> see the parent, they, don't, they can't move, but they can taste, and they know, and they can feel. So again, we're just dealing with some 
things that's we just subtle things that can really affect us, especially in the present and the long term. Most definitely. I mean, we appreciate you for your comments tonight, Thank man. You, and uh, you know, man, you're more than welcome as we speak to everybody else that calls into this show. You're like family. So we'd love to hear from you guys more often. <laughs> Thank but you. We appreciate your comments tonight, brother. Thank you. Peace and blessing. I will join you, bro. It's you back on. We did promise to connect years ago, but, yeah. you know, the fruits are the press. All right. Thank you, brothers. Peace and right. blessings. Have a nice Appreciate Sunday. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. All right. Man, that, that's, hey, that, that's yep. more than just, uh, as we say, um, our three-dimensional thought process. Mm-hmm. Three-dimensional thought process. Um, we did have some other clips that we wanted to play, so I guess, Al, we can kind of skip those right there. But uh, I know we did want to talk a little bit about Michael Brown that was killed in St. Louis and uh, mm-hmm. actually that was Ferguson, Missouri. I'm sorry, Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah. And uh, I really hate that this case happened. The brother just graduated from uh, high school and they said he aspir- had aspirations to do other things in life. I don't know if it's college or to get a job but I mean he had the right to live regardless yeah. of what happened. That police officer should have made a better judgment call than to just shoot this man. And I wonder, did he shoot him in the back, Al? Because from the reports, it was saying that he shot him once. Yeah. Um, he raised his hand. Uh, Michael Brown raised his hands up, and uh, they shot him two more times, and he died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm. I mean, how many more of these incidents do we have to have before we realize that we have to make – and I'm going to tell you, we did pose a question about – us protecting our own neighborhoods. Um, we're not talking about from, and appreciate, I appreciate Maurice Garland for, for making that statement also before. Uh, we're not talking about from a Army standpoint. We're talking about as protectors of our neighborhoods. You know, we do have hired, and we call them hired guns, which the police officers are hired guns that come in right. our communities and take over. Now, as Brother Elijah stated, they should live in our community. If you're a police officer and you're policing a community, I feel like you should live there. A lot of them do. A lot of them don't. You have no, police yeah, officers that don't. live 50 miles away from where they police them right. because they're scared. And, and think about this. They're scared that the things that they do will come back upon them. Mm-hmm. You do wrong in my neighborhood, and I see you in my neighborhood, and I know where your family at. I can come to you. So if you were doing right, it, it, yeah, man, mm. it, yeah, it's. I mean, boy, I tell you, you it's know, not- I just wanna, you know, I just wanna, you know, let the families out there know, man, you know, um, you know, I send my condolences out there to everyone that lost someone due to something like this. Um, I pray that things will get better because things will. Um, you know, people are speaking up more about it, which is great, but we need to continue to speak about it and continue to speak about it instead of just, you know, you have this one wave of movement and then no one else says anything about it. Right. So, now, I, I really wanted to hear from some people that had some incidents of uh, police yeah. brutality that happened to them. Um, I mean, I can share one little story. I, I don't consider police brutality. I think it's because of the ignorance of myself at that particular time. Um, I was over at a friend's home, and they had a routine stop maybe a couple of feet away from us. We were on his porch, his yard. Mm-hmm. We outside observing and watching. The police had the, uh, had the audacity to walk up to the porch and say, hey, what y'all doing out here? Y'all need to go inside. Take it inside. I mean, that's a bunch of bull. You feel me? And that's because of the ignorance. I think that we definitely need to 
to teach our kids more. I know they have certain events around the country where let us make men, things of that nature, where they teach you how to uh, uh, handle a situation with the cops and things of that nature. But we definitely need more education when it comes to us dealing with the police officers because you know how to deal with them. They can't take you to jail if you don't do nothing to provoke them or not necessarily provoke them but give them any of their little minute reason to take you to jail. What do you think about that, Al? I mean, mean, yes, most definitely. I mean, I would definitely love to, you know, have, you know, a person that either deals with law enforcement or a lawyer, you know, or someone in law school that can actually have, like, after – after, you know, work sessions, you know, to teach people. I mean, because people need to know the law. People need to know, you know, what their rights are. People need to know what are the changes in the Bill of Rights and Amendments. You know, people well, need to know what's going on. I know right now, and I'm not going to call no names or don't need him to say a name, but we do have a particular friend that's listening right now that have dealt with the law enforcement, law enforcement world. And I would mm-hmm. love for him to just call in. You ain't got to say your name. You ain't got to put yourself out there. If you want to try to disguise your voice, disguise your voice. But I know you know a lot about law enforcement, and I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that, brother. But if you don't call in, that's fine. If you don't speak up, that's fine. We know you're listening. So. Well, that's all good, man. And uh, yeah. Well, man, that was a great show tonight, man. Hopefully, well, man, I, I spoke up this person. Hold on. Hey, man, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? Y'all have a very, very informative show, and, uh, you know, I like the comments and everything. But uh, one suggestion I'd like to make is uh, maybe y'all can try to get up with, uh, they have a black police officers association, and they deal with uh, police brutality. Uh, I think they have one group out of New Jersey so they, they uh, you do have some officers that are speaking up when it comes to uh, police brutality. Is, is it that really that much fear when it comes to them speaking out because they're worried about being possibly murdered or killed or harmed or their family harm? Is it that type of fear in the ranks well, of the police officers? Um, I, I, I think so. I mean, in certain in, in um certain areas, certain cities. But, you know, back home, what we, you know, our hometown, um, it's, it's more so like uh, you just have people that, you know, you do have some good old boys that, you know, they they just in it for the thrill of it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I care, I, I really don't like to be around officers like that. I have 15 years in. And I and I've learned the game, and um, you know I won't have a part of it. That's why I right. didn't go to a municipality or that's understandable. I mean, but you know, it's like we 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 titled the show the biggest game. Do you think that is a proper assertion, assertion for these for police officers just thinking of them, of them as gang members? Yeah, I mean their organization. I mean, you know, I I would say so. Um, you know, they're brotherhood. I mean, they're going to protect each other regardless of anything that's going on. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, my my position hasn't made me popular amongst law enforcement officers because, you know, I come from the hood. 
Right, 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 right. You ain't got to say too much now. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I've, I've seen them mistreat people because we've been mistreated. And that right. was one of the reasons I didn't want to go into law enforcement. But right. I went, I got into law enforcement because it was an opportunity to, to make more money. Right, right. Yeah. I, I know a lot of times, man, you know, they say you change the world, but don't let the world change you. I know a lot of people get in those positions and change because of the position. Um, I, I, I hope that there's a way for these guys to avoid that. Um, do, have you ever seen anybody, like, avoid those type situations because of the environment? Because, you know, we've had, we know of some of those guys that, you know, they did a whole lot of dirt, even with that badge on. Oh yeah, and and, and they're gonna they're gonna continue to do it. Um, I think one of the biggest problems we face is um, we really don't have. You know, you hear the term community oriented policing, right? But the only time I've seen that is the first Tuesday in August, National Night Out on Crime. You know, hamburgers, dogs you know, a bag of chips and a Coca-Cola, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and then as soon as that event is over, you know, it's back to back to uh, uh, business, you know. Most well, um, And, you know, even now you have school-based police, police mm-hmm. that are actually in the schools. Um, so you have some of those same officers that are in the school. Oh, yeah, and they know who they're going to go after after the fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell yeah. buddy, hey, look at little JoJo over there. When he get out there, that's one of the ones you need to watch. Yeah. Man, we appreciate you for, for the for the insight on that, man. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you calling in. Like I said, we don't need to say nothing, no more, no less. You feel me? <laughs> oh, I enjoyed the show, man. Oh, definitely, man. I appreciate you for listening. All right, thank you. All right, all right. All right. All right, we got another caller calling in. Caller uh, nine eight five five. You are live with the middleman. What's up? Hello, how are you guys doing? Hey, all right, how are you? I'm great. Um, I just tuned in now. I just saw the uh, title of the show, the topic of the show. Okay. And um, yes, they are the biggest games. Um, I think one thing that we don't realize. Um, is that as black people, number one, we don't realize the foundation of the police. That's true. We don't understand that they were formed by white people for white people to protect white landowners. Mm-hmm. Okay, these yeah. were bands of white men who came together um, in order to protect other white people and other white people's land and their own land and property. So once we understand the ideology of the whole foundation of the police, then you're able to see it in a different light. Um, I know that it says to protect and to serve, but to protect whom and to to serve whom's interest. Right. We have to understand that, you know, and the thing about it is there will always be this conflict. Um, because, number one, the foundation is built on the good old boy network. It's built on protecting whites, protecting whites. And that has never changed, even though we are in 2014. People love to say, we're in 2014. Okay, but what has changed about that? Right. Absolutely nothing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing has changed. I agree. And it's, 
and especially when you look at the criminal justice system, who is incarcerated? Who is under mass incarceration? The black man. Mm-hmm. So what has changed since the 1800s, 1700s, when they put together these bands of, of, mm. of white men yeah, protecting land owners? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. It's still protecting their land, still protecting the right. property. That's right. Um, they're not here to serve us. They're not here to help us. Um, you know, people need to understand that what happened to Barry Gardner, to any a number of black men, right? It can happen to any damn body, anytime. And I don't feel yeah. safe when I'm in my car and I see a cop mugging me and looking. I'm like, man, here we go. Hopefully, exactly. he'll get behind me. And and what happens if something goes down? What is your word against you? Oh no, it's gonna be me right. dead against his word. That's true. That's true. And I think that when the when the Rodney King incident happened, the Mm -hmm. reason that was so groundbreaking is because it was a third party, I believe a white man. Yeah, it was a white guy that filmed it with that mm -hmm. old VHS big television looking camera. Right. Mm -hmm. He had nothing to do with it. He was completely neutral. He was completely outside of the situation. And he filmed this. And it was an actual true view, a neutral yep. view, at something that took place that was horrific. Right. It right. was brutal. It was savage what happened to him. And then right. the police officers got off. Yeah. Even if you compare that situation to what happened to Eric Garner, you can see how if it wasn't for that camera phone. And, and you know, Right. It was seen, like certain departments, they have the cameras on the police officers, which I think they need to have it on all police officers. Absolutely. I think the information needs to be uploaded to the yep. cloud where they can't uh, uh, manipulate it or change it. It needs to go right. to multiple sources. And, and right. also, exactly. they should be required to have some type of diversity training, which they probably do. They probably do. And they do, and they do. It, it seems like it's not working because we we seeing, we seeing too many of our people falling to these officers, but, certain type of officers. And when you see that tactical force, when they got on that all black, right. they got on them, them got the dogs right. and they got the gun, the pepper spray yeah. and the helmets. That mm-hmm. didn't intimidate anybody. The That's going to war. Yeah. You're going to war on me. When you got all of this stuff on, on me, you're going to war on me. And if you look at, um, if you look at, like you talked about diversity training and those things, and I'm sure they have that. They, I'm sure they have that. But if you look at, like, New York, where that happened with Eric Gardner and Long Island, I believe. If you look up at New York and Boston and um, Philadelphia and all those places up there, they have, uh, uh, you're basically legacy. It's a lot of Irish families, um, a lot of uh, uh, Italian families. You have to be kind of cued in and get into the police force. Right. So that means that same ideology that could have been there from 1920, 1930, 1940, it continues on. Because this is their sons, their nephews, okay, their relatives who are coming into now being police officers. So it's the same damn thing. That's true. That's true. They they do it more so. um, For those that are not familiar, you can uh, Google Thomaston, Georgia. Um, There's an incident where they have 500 complaints against one particular officer. 
Now, when I naturally say 500 complaints against one mm. officer, mm. what do right. y'all think right. he is? White. Nope. He's a brother. Now. He's terrorizing that that town, the black people, the white people. He's getting it Uh in. If you're poor, and that's Uh another dynamic that we haven't talked about, is the the, the rich having more of a privilege against those that don't have that. Right. And poor neighborhoods. That officer was, you know, just just basically hammering down on the poor area, the poor whites and the black. They had a a white woman on there that was crying because he beat the brakes off her son for, uh, you know, moving out of the way when he was trying to talk to him. Wow. But see, let me say this real quick, too. See, that's the problem, too. And I know I just had an officer who called me, and this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. But for me, for me, I mean, I could not see myself ever working in the criminal justice system, period. I could not see myself as being an officer or a correctional officer or anything of that of that manner, only because I know the mentality behind it. And yeah. I know it's still going to be a push on my people. Even if I'm out there able, I don't want to be in that position. I'll say that for me. But we have a lot of black officers, too. Because, see, what happens is, once you become an officer as a black person, uh-huh. then you're kind of included in the, in the blue uh, badge of honor, so to speak. Right. You're one of them as long as you got that uniform on. Right. Mm. So for some of them black folks, it go to their head. Well, you know what? I, I agree with you there, but think about all the cases of the um, off-duty cops that got shot by white cops. Right. <laughs> they right. off-duty. Exactly. So that right. shield don't mean nothing. They told him, hey, I'm a cop. Pow! Still got that's shot. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And see, that's a false sense. And, and it's sad because so many of us want to, are, are seeking assimilation so badly that we are willing to put our people and all of that to the side. And if we are able to become a police officer or whatever, we're going to inflict as much pain on our community as we've seen other people inflict on our community. Yes, sir. You know, That's true. just to be a part. So it is sad, but um, thanks, you guys. I didn't. I don't know if I said my name, but my name is Renee Bass. Hey, Renee, how you doing? All right, we appreciate you for calling in today. First-time caller, we definitely appreciate your time to listen to our show. No problem. All right. Definitely. Hey, you're welcome back anytime. Your family, welcome to the middle. Okay, (laughs) thank you. All right, thank you. Um, I want to see, I think, I don't know for certain, I think Q has something to say before we get out of here. Uh, Q, I'm about to bring you in. I don't know if you have anything to add to this, but uh, Q, what's up? Hey, uh, I, yeah, I just wanted to wrap up and say, and, and to uh, Renee, um, you know, because I hear her on other shows, very intelligent sister. Yeah. Very intelligent sister. Uh, let me uh, say this, though, gentlemen. I don't blame the cops. There's somebody that's been on the city council for over a decade. Right. And they went from having a small house to a mansion. Mm-hmm. All because <laughs> of the moves that they make. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The person who's been on the city council the longest, you got to ask them, how has my city improved from the first time you got here? Other yes, than man. contracts, other than uh, 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 towing company contracts, you know, uh, uh, how how has my city improved? Because that's the real enemy. The enemy is not really the cop. Right. It's the people who hire the cop and protect the cop when he continues to do wrong. I feel so, you, brother. Me personally, so, I want to blame them all. 
<laughs> well, well, no, the reason I say that is because... I, I understand what you're saying. They are the handlers, so they definitely are at fault because of the dogs that are released upon the community. Right. Notice what happened here in Atlanta when we had a shake-up and got rid of a bunch of people. Now, all of a sudden, there's no more red dogs, and there's no more this and that. I know. Notice I live happened. by one at that. It's scary. <laughs> right. Notice what happened in uh, DeKalb County when they finally got rid of uh, Vernon Jones. Mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. Though, even though you still have drama, you have less issue in the city. And That's all true. that time, Vern, and all that time Vernon been out there, have you noticed any difference? Wow, that is to think about. That is yep. to think about. Most definitely. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm a bow out in that gentleman. I appreciate for you even having the show, but uh, I'm gonna leave you with my little, uh, my uh, new mantra: uh, Older black men love to complain, but it's <laughs> funny how they really don't make things change. Wow. We're going to steal it, man. you know. <laughs> hey, man, Q, we appreciate you, brother. Once again, man, much love. All right, Alan, man. All right, Great man. conversation, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, for everybody that's just tuning in or just tuning in on Facebook or whatever site you're listening to us on, we appreciate you. Uh, uh, we definitely appreciate Miss Renee Bass and uh, Q, man. Hey, everybody call in. Um, you know, thank you, Elias. Thank you, um, yep. man. I want to. I, I mean, you, you got anything you want to sum up? Anything about this, Al? Because I mean, it's just, it's crazy, man. I know we did have the list of the twenty nine people that not twenty nine, but the uh, the sixteen people that died since Trayvon Martin. But we, we'll hold that for another time. Yeah, yeah, we'll hold that. Yeah, but um, I just want to say, man, you know, great show today, man. We had a lot of information presented. Um, I look forward to a positive future, you know, for the world in general, Um, you know. But um, as for now, you know, we need to find more solutions and tackle them. Most Most definitely. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and close this show out, and I know some of y'all ain't going to care about what I'm about to do, but I I respect this man. I like the energy that he brought to the whole game back in the day. Uh, if you don't know about this album, it was strictly for my ends. Yes, this is Tupac Shakur, uh, Soldier's Revenge. If you remember off the first one, Tupac lives now, he had the Soldier song. You know, hey, it's about the cops. This one is the same one. This is that revenge of that soldier. You listen to The Middleman on Blog Talk Radio. We appreciate everybody this Sunday. Tune in next Sunday. And this Thursday, there will be a Talk of the Town and also a... Uh, riding Dirty Radio, the Dirty Dozen. So you make sure you check us out this Tuesday. It's all going to start about 8 o'clock. And next Sunday, we're going to have that domestic violence debate. Yes, sir. Man, tune in. We're going to talk about this domestic violence uh, situation that we have out here. And uh, we're going to get into that conversation also, man. But this is Tupac, man. Hey, I appreciate you, buddy. You. All right. My attitude is shit. My message to the censorship committee. Who's the biggest gang of the independent city? The critics or the cops? The courts or the crooks? Don't look so confused. Take a closer look. Niggas get their neck broke daily. Trying to stay jail free. What's up with all the whales? No one's young black males. Please tell me. Message to the censorship committee. Who's the biggest gang of the independent city? I pack a 9mm cause I got a living hotter than the 4th of July. If I gotta die, I gotta. Mama told me.
like you're crazy. Game is what she gave me. Gotta watch your back strap real so you bust back. If you get your ass back, bring that gas back. That's not the way we made it. That's just the way it is. Bring it rock, better niggas kid. I came up, my message to the synthesis committee. Who's the bigger gang again in the city? Cops pull me over, take my pick, but I'm legal. You couldn't get me sick of fuck with a nigga's people. They got me trapped. For my ends, you know what it is. Definitely, yep. man, Al. I'm telling you, that's the Tupac that I remember. The energy, the love for his people uh, before he got signed over there to Death Row, and they changed his whole aura. Even though he had that in that and in his music, still somewhat. Yep. But great conversation, man. Great comments. Yep. Shit, everything. Great show. Oh, yeah. man. Shout out to everybody that listened on Facebook, man. My oh, man, Chris Bell, man, 871 Production, man. Appreciate that intro, my brother. Great, great, great intro, man. Loving it. I know, Al, you say it's real laid back for us, but, man, we some laid back dudes, really, if you think about it. Yeah, I see. Somewhat, somewhat, at times. <laughs> we can get energetic. But, man, make sure y'all tune in next Sunday, man. Al, I'm going to let you say your most famous words ever. Thank you for taking an hour and a half today out your day. Listen to the Middleman Talk Show. Tune in next week. Same time, same Middleman Radio. And we are out. Oh, shout out to uh, Jen and Nick. The dough the has changed. The docks are changed. Bye. The Middleman shouted. Big Chris shouted. Yeah. Now I ain't sure what you 
was tuning in to will pay attention to the real talk. What we here for, so take a listen time out. Take a minute, shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the work, you destined to earn some. Linda, yeah, comment on what you hear. Let's figure out the master plan to put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a will to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand, stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man, cause he was dying to wreck shop. Every Sunday, tune in, go live, 6 p.m. BlogTalkRadio.com, the middle me. Hey, what's happening in the middle me? Hey, what's happening in the middle me? Hey, what's happening in BlogTalkRadio.com, the middle me. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluation within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 